two working stiffs that love comics, movies, games, and more bring their nerd conversation and observations to you. You're listening to Coach and K-Rock's Nerd Pod, where they give you their opinion on whatever they want. Hey, don't complain. You're listening to their show. Coach, K-Rock, take it away. How's it going, Coach? I'm here, man. We're here another episode it's season one episode three of nerd pod with coach Kira. that's right guys welcome we are uh, happy to have you joining us again i hope that you've made it through now the first two episodes i think uh if you've stuck through your uh the, the bits are evolving the uh the segments are evolving we've got some uh great things planned for the season we have some guests coming up in future shows and uh yeah, it's uh, it's it's. We're, I'm feeling good about it, man. Really am. Me too. So uh, why don't we get to it? We're gonna start with the uh, week in geek. Let's go to the newsroom, Coach. A uh, eventful week uh, in in Nerdland, right? I'd um, say that. So uh, I I wanted to open up with uh, the big news that. Uh, Deadpool. So uh, yesterday, insiders from uh, that are on set for Deadpool two. Uh, we know that Deadpool obviously is the is the title star. We know that Josh Brolin is coming in as Cable, but Deadpool. Uh, so uh, Ryan Reynolds yesterday disappeared uh, behind closed doors, and uh, it's it said to be that he filmed a two hour surprise cameo with someone. With someone, really so, didn't say who. Okay, uh, but uh, it, it it poses the question, right? So the first thing that comes to my mind is uh, the secret cameo. Is it possibly Logan? Is it the Wolverine? Oh, or that would be the, amazing. <laughs> right? I'd be totally that, that would be that would be a number one. Yep. But could it also be a little prelude to the Disney deal finally getting done. Now, we know that we're miles away from that happening at this point. Uh, so many things that need to be worked out about that deal. But how amazing would it be to see a Nick Fury cameo at the end credit scene or a Tony Stark or Captain America? Something that starts to tie in some uh, comedy. Obviously, it'll be a funny take on whatever it is. But do we see Logan or do we see possibly an Avenger or somebody from the Marvel Cinematic Universe with a, with a prelude? Uh, the last thought that I had was, is it possible that they take another shot at uh, Green Lantern? I, I think that's, <laughs> a, 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 you know, they like to do, they did it <laughs> in the first movie that. <laughs> pretty hard. So those are the th- those are the three that I thought of right off the top of my head, but they were very hush-hush, closed-door uh, scene with only Reynolds and this actor, and nobody would say who the actor was. I would love to see Logan back. Um, obviously, he's on my my Rushmore, so any more screen time with uh, Jackman there, <laughs> which to me would be perfect. I'm in for so cool. That I can't and they wait have to, see to make that. it right. Right, they have they have to from I have X-Men, trust. Well, I have, yeah, I have origins, trust. In them. Yeah, <laughs> what Ryan Reynolds did, so that would make sense. And if and I would be shocked if they didn't take if it is Logan that they didn't take a direct shot at that. That'd be great. It would, it would. So yesterday, so that was a great piece of news. the The second piece of news today is is that the CW, uh, I guess, struggling to find. Uh, struggling to find some new content uh, has announced that they want Buffy back. They want to bring Buffy the Vampire Slayer back. Uh, That poses another big question, 
is do they bring back Joss Whedon to run Buffy? Uh, And we know that it's not going to be Sarah Michelle Gellar. They said they will start with a a fresh-faced new star. But with with Joss bowing out of Batgirl this past week, stating creative differences, uh, I also think that that was uh, Warner's saying they needed a woman director for Batgirl. They, I don't know what they were thinking bringing him on in the first place. What he said was, I don't think I have it in me. I don't have the right story. So I think it's going to be Warner's comes in, names a woman uh, director, which it should be, very well should be. Uh, so that does open up his schedule, and uh, I would love to see if they're going to bring Buffy back. I think I think they have to do it with Joss. At least you start off with him and hand right. it off. Yeah, yeah, very cool. Let's keep <laughs> bring me back to college, <laughs> right? Uh, and uh, speaking of bringing bring almost bringing us back to college, uh, and in other CW news, Supernatural expected to be picked up for a. 14th season not gonna lie that shows a little bit of a guilty pleasure for me uh when i'm when i'm walking or whatever uh it's entertaining at least i mean it it doesn't hurt that everybody on the show is completely beautiful uh storylines are horrific each one of them have died 15 times however uh for some reason it's just like charmed i can't look away all right i actually gotta admit i'm not part of that guilty pleasure never watched one episode of supernatural never caught my eye yeah, and not that, for me. That's com- that's yeah, absolutely, completely understood. So, uh, <laughs> I love <other> shows. <laughs> last week, so the uh, in in more movie news. Uh, back to the movie news. Uh, Black Panther faced uh, its what third or second second or third challenger in uh, Tomb Raider. Tomb Raider. I called this on our, our Twitter. Like, no way, it, it, Tomb Raider was going to unseat Black Panther, and they didn't. And you were right. So uh, wasn't even close. Black Panther is just a juggernaut. With it just just being released in China last week, uh, just crossed the $1.2 billion mark. Uh, it's making it the third most popular uh, Marvel movie, second most uh, popular standalone Marvel uh, outside of the Avengers. So uh, they continue on. However... Uh, with the uh, fandom and the, um, I guess it's sort of a niche market of uh, Pacific Rim followers, they will be dethroned this week uh, with with 5.4 million last week. Uh, I just don't see how Pacific Rim does not underdeliver uh, and take out Black Panther, but only for six days because then the following Thursday. Spielberg classic uh, in the making. Which Ready Player One. Ready Player One screened at South by Southwest so earlier this month. So excited for that one. And just slayed amongst those audiences, which can be tough. If you remember, I don't know if you remember when Tomorrowland screened at South by Southwest. It's not a that forgiving of a crowd and it got destroyed uh, at South by Southwest. So uh, if it was not going to go that well, it was not going to go that well at South by and it just cleaned up and crushed it there. So uh, okay. Ready Player One is ready to be a juggernaut. I'm with you on Ready Player One. I say Black Panther holds on one more week. Pacific Rim doesn't have a shot to me. I think Ready Player One will be the first one to take Black Panther out. And and if that's true... you uh, here to hear then first. Pac- then Pacific Rim would have under-delivered by one-tenth of what it is expected to. So I'm, I'm in there, I, man. 
hey, listen, and stranger things have happened. Look at John Carter. Uh, I mean, bad things happen to good people and to good <laughs> movies. So, uh, and okay, moving on. Uh, I want you to know that I take the the Me Too movement and the Times Up movement very seriously. Definitely. Uh, that it. Yeah, I'm with you on that, and I'm very happy and, and, and proud. I'm not happy that we had to get here, but. Man. No, but but we are proud that we are here. Uh, we're having a lot more conversations about uh, female women directors. So, needless to say, we're both on board here with the with the Me Too movement and Times Up. Uh, even with Jessica Jones, I mean, we just uh, got our first season ever of a, a fully female directed superhero show, uh, and so it. Time is up and it makes sense, but it seems like every single week now we hear a new name that gets added to the list. Uh, this gets added to, uh, and the reason why I bring these two up, one is a really sort of weird situation is reports are now coming out that, that Robin Williams um, had groped his co-star, uh, no. who was Mindy. Um, and, and, really? Well, uh, you know, yeah. I, I guess you're going... Go back to the seventies and coked up Robin Williams. Okay, yeah, <laughs> a little crazy. Yeah, uh, it, he falls. Uh, unfortunately, Mark and Mindy falls seriously into the into the geekdom, into uh, the lore. So I, I had to mention it because it it it, it really is. Um, you know, I hope it's not true, um, and and I hope it doesn't besmirch his. Uh, his legacy um, and people make mistakes i think that's really important to know or, or or even to state that people make mistakes and maybe he made up for those things later on in his life but uh also the the princess bride star uh and that's why i, I mentioned him and also from uh the wonder years fame uh fred savage also now uh in hot water no so, way uh and, and the, the, those what? two those two reports uh something that uh uh, I'm sorry. The the grinder apparently uh, with a show with, excuse me, Rob Lowe. Uh, there had been some reports that kicked back. So uh, now I think we're seeing like with things like Ryan Seacrest, uh, with with stars that some of this stuff is coming out, but it's unfounded or uh, they haven't done enough investigation. Uh, so Ryan Seacrest clearly snubbed on the red carpet at the Oscars. Mm -hmm. uh, people are not going to stand for this kind of behavior. Uh, and, but, but there is due process and, uh, yeah, so that's what I'm worried about. You know that it's like, it, I, I believe me if, if they did it, they need to be called out and, and dragged through the streets and all the bad stuff that comes along with it. But yeah, the due process, we have to be really, we need to make sure we're, we're doing right as a society before we start throwing the tomatoes and marching someone through the streets yelling shame with a bell right it's we got to be sure that the evidence stacks up and, and and nothing taken away from if there's nothing like that that drives me more crazy than people who treat other people with disrespect and that goes from men to women women to men men to men women to women it doesn't matter and but if you're one of these people who, and this is happening, that has an axe to grind against somebody and you're going to run their name to the dirt, don't. Just don't. Yeah, it's, it, not, it's not worth it. it, it uh, what you're doing is you're hurting the other, you're hurting victims, real victims, when you do that stuff. You are. The the, the movement. And, it, and yeah, this is a dicey time. And I think it may come to a head at some point. 
uh, but w with the Weinstein companies, which is also uh, on my list here for uh, the Week in Geek newsroom, uh, the the Weinstein companies files Chapter Eleven, um, and the royalty. Some amazing Merrimax movies came out of the Weinstein companies. I, I uh, certainly you know my passion and love for uh, those those movies, the Jersey trilogy, uh, Kevin Smith and everything that they've done uh they did at the hand of harvey weinstein so there's um, so much that came out from that that company that's great yeah. great great art but uh, amazing such art. A, oh yeah it, yeah so chapter chapter 11 for them and you know kevin smith uh in all of his brilliance of it has, has taken any royalty that comes from any miramax movie and he's uh he's he's directly donating as he's actually made it two thousand dollars a month. You know, there's one guy who understands that. You know, he wasn't directly responsible, but he did uh, benefit. He didn't have to perform ungodly acts to. Uh, he just needed to write some great dialogue and and make an indie movie to to become a star. Where his female counterparts had to do unspeakable things to get a shot uh, in, in the in the movie. So uh, he. Uh, for his part, is saying he's going to donate $2,000 a month to women in film. And good on him, man. Kevin is, I mean, he's a father. He has a, uh, his daughter's what? She's in her 20s now? No, she's 19, she, yeah. She's 19? Okay. She's she's following in his footsteps, and and it must, it, it, I don't know, I'm speaking for the guy, but if I was a father and the 19-year-old uh, daughter who's getting into the entertainment industry, it would... It would frighten me to the bone knowing what I, I, I know happens in that industry. Thank God that this stuff has come to light because, no, I, I, I couldn't imagine letting your daughter loose in, 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 in that type of world today. It's crazy. And you're a father. You have a daughter. Uh, <laughs> you tell me. Like, yeah. It, no, it, it, it's absolutely. You'd and say no. So like, no, no, you go be an accountant. <laughs> Stay away from them. But even yeah, then, you can't even trust that. Oh. Yeah, no, exactly. So, uh, yeah, don't, no, no need to, to uh, make this show a bummer, but it is something that's important that, that we want to that we wanna mention. And, and I'll keep a close – I'm going to be, be uh, keeping a close eye on Mork from Ork in this situation. So, uh, yeah, sort of weird and not cool. So, anyway, uh, moving on in uh, – in our next piece, which is kind of cool, Westworld has been, uh, so that was a surprise show at the end of 2016. It was like fall of 2016. We wondered what would ultimately replace Game of Thrones as the big HBO drama. Uh, I think that we may have landed on that, that it's Westworld. Uh, I'm not sure everybody has caught that, but Westworld is based on the, the 70s movie of the same name. So uh, the the quick description certainly is uh, it, it, this is a fictional place, much like Disney World for adults, where you can sort of kill and have sex with uh, the, these um, what they call hosts, which are just robots, artificial intelligence that are in a theme park, supposed to give you a real life feel of what the old West was like, uh, ended with a great ending and uh a lot has not been said about Westworld to this point. Has an April 22nd release date for season two. And finally, the gag order has been lifted. Uh, and uh, and the stars are talking now. They're starting to do some press. And they're saying very big season. Uh, Jonathan Nolan, who Christopher Nolan, Nolan's brother, 
um, and his wife are the producers and directors, creators of the show. And uh, they said they are not spending. They spent uh, the first season as an introspective, looking at the characters, looking inside the park. Now it's about outside and they don't want to string the audience along so uh, it's expected to be five seasons of hard hitting and they say you're going to get to see the outward the outbound uh meaning that it's going to be chaos and it's going to be heavily character driven around and, and what i'm picking up from all the stars is that this season is going to be dedicated on the hosts turning on the uh you know sort of the the underbelly or the humans running the park so that's really exciting for me uh very little has been said to this point we have an april 22nd release date and it looks like it's going to be a bloodbath so I think, uh, what say you on Westworld? Westworld season one, I, I loved it. And, and I was really happy to, that had a show that just, I had no idea what was going to happen. So when they wrapped, you're right. It, it, it just, it, the season one wrapped on such a uh, chaotic note and so much was going on at the same time. And then it, it was over. It feels like it's been like six years since season one wrapped. So I couldn't be more excited that we're 30 days away from season two to start. Uh, so, and you're right. I haven't heard anything about it until now. So it's like, uh, okay, I'm excited. <laughs> so I'm in, man. I'm in both feet. Yeah, it should be exciting. Uh, really looking forward to it. And wrapping up uh, the Weekend Geek newsroom. Uh, John Williams this week. Did you hear John Williams? Uh, his comments on uh, on the Star Ray. You know what I think is really sweet about the whole Star Wars and you know the fact that we've had a bunch of different directors through this time. Uh, obviously, John Williams, the the composer of the score, uh, very famous, probably the most uh, you know next to Hans Zimmer. Those two are as a musician, the, I can tell you that there is no there's John Williams and everybody else is a distant second. Sure, sure. Agreed. Um, and you would think that John Williams is synonymous with Star Wars and that if a Star Wars film is being made, John Williams is going to score it. But uh, to this point, uh, every single movie uh, that John Williams has scored, the director has called him and asked him, will you come and score the film for us? Which, again, I think that it's almost like Luke Skywalker. I mean, the score of that move, the scoring of those films uh, is just as big of a character. I've said that in the past about uh, Christopher Nolan and the score for Inception. Uh, it, it's a character in that movie. And, and I believe that John Williams does the same thing with the, the score for, uh, for for all the Star Wars movies. So All of his movies. Um, really, yeah. It, Indiana it, Jones and... When John so Williams many. decides to not do this anymore, and I don't know if this is... I know not is it for him for the star wars saga um and i don't know if he's going to keep doing this or not but it'll be a sad day uh if you for entertainment period that he stops um scoring for movies i mean he's come up with the most iconic melodies jaws indiana jones star wars et can go on and on and on and yeah so many so many. And Home it, Alone, I believe. Home, uh, yeah, Home Alone, which I just purchased. The uh, They did a vinyl reissue of it, and it's a gorgeous reissue, number one. The packaging's beautiful. But throwing that on and listening to the music again, it's just, yeah. 
The, there is nobody that holds a candle in our lifetime to John Williams. So, uh, with that said, he so Ryan Johnson had to pick up the phone and make that phone call. And surprisingly, this just coming out this week, uh, that they picked up the phone and asked him, will you score uh, eight for us? And his response was, is Daisy Ridley going to be in eight? Because if she is, I will continue on. And Ryan Johnson, of course, said yes, that Ray will continue to be. Uh, And so uh, John Williams, completely enamored and impressed by uh, by Ray, I guess the, they 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 had a great relationship over uh, and, and when he scored for her, uh, came up with a great uh, you know they came up, came away with a great relationship. So we can thank Daisy Ridley for John Williams continuing on through nine. But as you mentioned, comes out this week that he is done after nine and just a huge big bag of win, man. Like he he's fantastic and we're so so great. Um, that that uh, we we have him for the last one, and that he bows out uh, gracefully. Let me just. Uh, it, I'm a musician. I don't know if everyone knows that out there in our audience yet. Uh, being alive during John Williams's run is special. So if you're not into movie soundtracks or movie scores, go grab some of his um, records. Go grab some of his scores. Listen to them. You'll know him, and that's all I'll say about that. He is iconic. He's a legend, brilliant, genius. All those things that you throw at people, he earns every single one of them for his body of work. Unbelievable. So be very fortunate that you're alive. You can go watch a Star Wars movie and hear new music from him because that's not always going to be the case. So enjoy it. Indeed. So, and there it is. That's the Weekend Geek Newsroom. Nice job. Yeah, cool. So um, that should be our opening segment moving forward. So uh, we'll we'll get you up to date on everything that's going on. We're gonna mix in some other stuff, but uh, that was the hottest seven or eight topics for uh, for this week. So, uh, but one thing that we did not talk about this week in the newsroom because I, I feel like it needed its own <laughs> it needs separate its own section, as it always does, <laughs> as it does, and um, is the Avengers trailer, the full trailer, first full trailer. Uh, was launched this week and wow just wow lots of words man it, it was just all those things that you want to see and i i typically try to miss trailers and skip them you know this about me yep i do i'll avoid all of the marketing for a movie i really really want to see but this one i, I just couldn't do it i mean and i don't think they can they can put fill that entire minute to two minutes of a trailer for this movie coming out and it's barely going to scratch what you're going to see in the theater. So there, I don't think there's any spoilage that's going to come out of this that, you know, there isn't a hundred times more interesting, engaging, just just visuals and sound and story that's going to blow you away. This trailer was 10 out of 10. Best I've ever seen. Yeah. No, it's hard to disagree with that. Um, but my takeaway, um, and and we can we could do an entire episode just going blow by blow and play by play through uh, the trailer. What I'll say is um, it, it's confirming, and and whether you saw this or not, they are toying with um, whether it's going to be Captain America or uh, Iron Man that dies um, that that goes down. I think we know the answer. 
Uh, I think at least I know the answer. Uh, you know, I was expecting it in Civil War um, that Steve was going out and that, um, well, because they, they chose both successors, uh, both existing or both Captain Americas that took over for Steve Rogers are in the film universe, which is Bucky Barnes, Winter Soldier, as well as the Falcon, who um, served time on and off as Captain America. So... Um, I, I did believe that it would be civil war that took out Steve Rogers. Uh, the fact that, that Chris Evans has not signed a new contract. Uh, now some people are saying he's not signing the contract because if he does, you'll know he did survive, uh, infinity war. Um, I don't know that, uh, they're that, I think they are that clever. Uh, but I don't think, uh, I, I don't, I don't see it. I don't see, see Steve Rogers coming out and I'm just preparing myself for it. I know inevitably I know. Steve Rogers get, People get that, sent back. You guys out there who don't know this yet. Coach is an enormous Captain American yes, guy. I, I, he's, he's got a tattoo of, <laughs> of the shield. I so. do. I do. And, and yeah, for, forever for my entire life, I've been a, a massive fan. And so, um, he'll go through a t- case of tissues if this happens. Uh, yeah, no, and and you'll be uh, <laughs> luckily you'll only be one row in front of me when we see this on opening night. So, um, and and yeah, maybe maybe I should even bring my wife to console me because I imagine that it's going to happen. And and this is somebody I've read his death numerous times in my life, um, and it's affected me the same way each time. So, uh, but many times he ends up back in 1945 and fighting Hitler and trying to find a way back. And yeah. So I have a question for you on that subject. So you've seen or you've read in the, the books, you, you've seen this death happen. And w- no, this isn't a spoiler because we're guessing here. If it happens in in, in the upcoming movie, in, in Infinity Wars, how much of it is Chris Evans' per- portrayal of the character going to affect you? How much is he or isn't he what you expect? You know what I'm saying? Like, do you, in your opinion, if you see Cap on screen, yeah, you know, go that way. Yeah. How much of it is Chris Evans' portrayal going to impact you? Um. Yeah. So I think that. Do you know what I mean? I like, do. Is Chris Evans right now Captain America to you? Well, yes, um, for sure he is. Um, but I've I've found a way to separate. Um, you know different elements of that 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 encompass Captain America. So um, I mean I believe that Bucky Barnes is Captain America. Um, when I'm reading, um, you know Rob Littlefield or um, you know a bunch of different great artists that portrayed that character, uh, that the trial of of Captain America was Bucky Barnes. I mean that was after the Winter Soldier, after the the crimes on humanity that he was set up for by Baron Zemo. He stood trial for those as Captain America, as Bucky Barnes, and you know that those tie directly. Steve Rogers is not necessarily Captain America to me all the time, so um, I've been able to compartmentalize all of those things as a fan. So I can take the animated uh, Steve Rogers, I can take the uh, Winter Soldier. So so I can compartmentalize those things. And with that said, yes, I mean I I have a, a totally different opinion of uh, MCU Captain America versus um, you know uh, Civil War in the comics or uh, the trial or any of that so yes he I'm sorry that's a, a long answer 
but but I hope you understand what I'm saying is that that I've been able to separate these things out and um, they will and this is the the magic of Marvel is that they will tie this back to and this speaks to how good of uh, a job that Joe um, Joe Johnson did um, in the first. The, the first Avenger because I believe that they will tie the death right back to that Steve Rogers is an underdog that Steve Rogers is uh, is the true Captain America his heart is the true Captain America and if the death you know if he, if he sacrifices himself if he takes a bullet um, I know that other people have mentioned this this week that will devastate me devastate me so the, the scene where you see Thanos um, look like he's going for a punch and Steve Rogers is, he's got the fist in the hand, the glove in the hand, all of his might stopping it. Thanos looking at him kind of in wonder. That's the scene in my head. And like, oh, yeah, yeah. And, and that's what and they, and read, that's what they want you to read believe. The comics, you know, what's, you know, you know, the way he goes out. Yeah, and, and I think that it's, um, and again, um, you know, this was this has been talked about all week with the trailer, um, and somebody made this great point this week is that uh, uh, that character, what they did with this character, Steve, the Steve Rogers character, is when Tommy Lee Jones, you know, the two scenes in Captain America, um, the first Avenger, is when he's in the alleyway and he gets punched in the face and he says, "I can do this all day," and that that's that's his heart. And then the second scene in there is when Tommy Lee Jones throws the grenade and Steve Rod- Steve jumps on it and you know get away back up and he jumps on it and and so those two things are what Captain America are and so uh, and and they know and Kevin Feige knows and Marvel the MCU knows that we remember that 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 and. I think they've done such a good job with storytelling that they won't even need to go back and show those scenes. And I guarantee you it, it will be him jumping on a grenade or him taking the punch from the bully, protecting somebody else is how he goes down, and that it will be absolutely devastating. And so, yes, uh, Chris Evans, uh, he, it was not my first choice uh, by any means to play this role, uh, but he has owned it, and uh, I've been thrilled. And so, yes, it will be devastating to me. Yeah, he's done such a phenomenal job of owning the just owning that mantle and giving it such love and respect. So cool. Yeah, I can't wait. <laughs> yeah, no, nah, man, I, it, it's gonna be great stuff. Um, so they they've moved it up. I could not be more excited. Uh, we are going to see it in um, in three D uh, on opening night, which is really really exciting. So, uh, any final thoughts on the Avengers uh, trailer before we move on? I, I, man, uh, seeing the whole uh, Chris Pratt. Um, oh yeah, Star Lord and yeah. uh, Star Lord and, and and Iron Man going through the plan together. Um, <laughs> Like the whole, you know, your your plan's great, but you know it's kind of stupid. So. <laughs> yeah, no, fantastic, and and that that's going to be an interesting dynamic. And and again, I mean, how do you how does Marvel do it? How do you put 
it's like Joe Girardi or I'm sorry, Joe Torre managing the, the that Yankees team with all the talent, right? Um, how do you man? How do you get that much power and talent on a screen and make it work? And and they are. Uh, it is unbelievable. Like the the star power in here. I mean, we haven't even talked about Paul Rudd. Right, he's in it. Yeah. <laughs> we haven't. Yeah, <laughs> we haven't talked about you um, yeah. very much at all. So, um, <laughs> and just a snapshot into you know a little bit of of how the sausage gets made. Uh, uh, K Rock <laughs> looks uh, just like Paul Rudd, and he actually acts like Paul Rudd, and. Uh, I'm lucky because imagine that Paul Rudd is your best friend, right? Like imagine that it's uh, uh, you go through life and when you pick up the phone to call your buddy, it's Paul Rudd on the other end. Oh so, my God, I, I, it's amazing. I disagree 100 percent on that, but no. Uh, well, uh, you're not me, so um, yeah, you uh, you are, and it is, and and I'm not talking about clueless Paul Rudd. I'm talking about like your mic from Friends, like and on, and then all the way to like Ant Man, and to like you are that guy. Um, and and you know, I had a, a major knee surgery where I was hospitalized, and. Um, uh, you came to visit in the hospital. I think that, uh, you know, you, I think that may have been the first time you ever met my wife. And she, um, when you left, she was like, huh, he kind of reminds me of Paul Rudd. And I'm like, that's what I'm saying. I've been saying it for years. So, um, yes, Caleb, I'm sorry, K-Rock, Caleb is. <laughs> so the Avengers leaves a wake of destruction, not just within the movie and within the comics, but also Everything that tries to compete against it. Yeah, it sure does. Case being, our next subject, Rampage. <sighs> it just, uh, my my whole... They had to push up a week. My, well, <laughs> and, and so they did, right. So they pushed up a week. But let, but can we say, now, here's what I'm going to say about, uh, about Rampage star, uh, The Rock. Dwayne The Rock right? Johnson. Dwayne The Rock Johnson. So Mr. Billion Dollar actor. Oh, it's, it's ridiculous. <laughs> and maybe the, the, the next president of the United States. Um possibly. Uh, please no. Uh the he, here's what I'll say is that he the the Oscars was held obviously, you know, two weeks ago at this point or a couple weeks ago, whatever. And he won so the the famously uh, the Razzies are held after the Oscars, and uh, it was amazingly funny that The Rock um, accepted, and I've never seen anybody accept their Razzie on Facebook Live before, uh, but he got it for, like, worst actor or worst something for Baywatch. And uh, I don't know if you can find the clip and play it, but, um, you know, his acceptance speech is amazing for a Razzie. And that will just go to show you how likable the guy really is. If he can go out and poke fun at himself, uh, for he's like, hey, we were trying to do something. We were trying to make a movie. People didn't get it. It happens sometimes. But thank you for keeping me humble. And I, how awesome is that? How awesome is that? Dude, for a guy who's chiseled out of stone and hilarious, likable, I mean, he is very humble still. He is. He is. And I, and I, I follow him on Instagram. And I, you just... He, you know, besides him just making fun of himself, he is so down to earth and sweet to people who need him uh, for sure. to help them in life when 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 just stuff rears its ugly head, whether it's cancer or 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 someone's destitute, he's there to help, and he just randomly helps people. Like it's it blows me away. And you're right, it's <laughs> he is the most humblest guy. Like at least he appears that way on screen. He might or, or what he does 
through his actions. I mean, he, he does more than a lot of people out there who you think might be more humble than him or should be, but aren't. He just seems so, so approachable as a, as a dude. Like, I would love to get a drink with that guy. Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, but, but I think he's going to need all of his humility and all of his everything <laughs> because... So so here's what I imagine, all right? So so let's just flashback really quickly. Let's go back to like 1984, and there are like two or three Chinese executives sitting around a, a boardroom, and they're like, all right, well, we need to create this a, a video game. What would be a cool video game? And I imagine that this conversation took about seven minutes, where these guys stood around and they're like, all right, well, what about three monsters smashing a building? What if that was the video game? We're like, that's an awesome idea. All right. Well, what kind of monsters? Well, people are scared of gorillas or, you know, like King Kong. Yeah, okay. People are scared of like uh, of dinosaur, gorilla, lizard type. You know, what do you think of, of that? Okay, that, that, that sounds good. Um, and then, uh, listen, I, I don't even know what the third one is. The, the point is, three Chinese yeah, executives... Created this First game off, in 15 minutes. I'm going to correct you here. I'm going to correct you here because this is you're you're entering my realm. Fine. <laughs> Midway Games out of Chicago created Rampage. Um, Rampage is one of my most favorite games growing okay, up. Okay, great. So wolf, ape, lizard going and just destroying things. Fantastic. And, and I am not so take, much fun to play. I am not taking away from the game. And fine, even better, because it doesn't matter whether it was Chinese executives or white executives, it took or, se- or people it, it doesn't matter. Swimming in Lake Michigan. Right. It took seven minutes to come up with the idea of this video game. Just like <laughs> Battleship. Right? Battleship it, it, you know has a map and some other things on it that make it a little bit more complicated. Two things you do not make a movie about. You just don't. You just, but it they appeal to the masses and something that's recognizable. Clearly, that has mm-hmm. proven that it works. The, uh, this is going to be San Andreas. This is going to be Geostorm. This is not going to be good. This is not going to be good, and it shouldn't happen. And why is it happening? Oh my God! This is like we have to draw <laughs> lines somewhere. Somewhere there has to get I'm... a line that it gets drawn about the shit that we'll make. Right, <laughs> I'm into it. I'm no, go stop it. it. No, you're not. Stop it. Stop. I'm going to go see it, and I'll see it if there's a sequel. No, just please stop. Please stop. We have to get a grip, people. F- we, have to, we have to draw a line. I'm begging you. Just go rent, nah. rent Black Panther again. Rent Ragnarok. Do not go see this piece of junk, please. Please. No, don't. I'm going. I, like, I saw San Andreas in the theater. And it was such a so, so much fun to watch and so unrealistic, but it didn't matter. I'm in. I'm in. I want to go see. I want to go see George, you know, fight the the the, the big lizard guy and um, see what this wolf is about. I, I have no idea what's going to happen. I'm in. How do I don't know how they make this game into a movie? So I have to go check this out. <laughs> I'm going to give them my ten bucks and count towards. You know, I gotta help them out, man. Can't be all about Avengers. Listen, it's not all about Avengers. It's not all about Avengers at all. It's not the point. So, all right, well, this is gonna have to. We're gonna have to. We have to move on. Um, but clearly, I made my point here. Um, and 
Yeah, I'm going to talk you out of it. Um, no. Nah, okay. Well, you, you can try. I'm going to try because that's just a travesty. Did you ever play the game? Of course. Love the game. I mean, I, listen. Okay. What were you – What which of the – so you had the wolf, you had the, the lizard, and you had the ape. Which one would you pick? Um, I would pick Wreck-It Ralph because it's the same stupid movie. Um, okay. Wreck-It Ralph was made – and Ralph was actually named for one of the characters of Rampage. So no, I know that, and 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 that's why I'm saying, no thanks. I already had it successfully through DreamWorks, and don't need another one. Anyway, um, so yeah, I don't know. I I, I don't. I would probably pick the King Kong looking thing, whatever that is. So. King Kong. I always, I always went for Lizzie the lizard. All right. Well, that makes sense, I guess. Um, I'm a Godzilla guy, so I always went for that. yeah, Godzilla looking. Guy. All right. So we so we're moving on. Um, so uh, another uh, repeat, you know, something that we're going to do week in, week out is our Mount Rushmore. Mount Rushmore, Last week yes. we picked four and four. This week we're going to pick just two and two, the ultimate Mount Rushmore of video games. We're going into, into K-Rock's territory. So uh, with that being said, I am going to hand pick number one over to you. You're, all right, so I get the uh, the first pick. You do. You'll pick one and three. I'll pick two and four. All right, all right. So my first pick on Mount Rushmore, and the the point of this uh, for the listeners isn't about sales. It is about what's most popular. It might not even be something you've heard of. It's between Coach and myself. What was most important to us? For sure, Jump Man. Jump Man is on there. He doesn't really have a face. It's kind of like a pixel because yeah. <laughs> it's in like 1985. But and I'll tell you why. Jump Man is a precursor to, and I mean before 85. Um, but he, I Jump Man, I was 100% in. I was playing that as a kid, and it's just a it's a cool maze kind of game, and you, it and it was on a Commodore 64. So just myself as a young young kid just playing this game till three in the morning at my grandfather's house huge memories the box had a cool picture of this dude like with like rocket little rockets in his boots and he'd fly up and it's a jump man all the way and probably nine out of ten of you have never heard of it go look it up go get a port of it try it out you're probably bored in five minutes but for me i could play that thing for five to five to six hours straight never stopping so jump man for me number one i like it and uh so i'm gonna i'm going the easy route um because um maybe it's not my first exposure to to video games but it's certainly you know the one that most of us remember of you know christmas in 1986 or whatever and uh you know i gotta put mario up there um he just has to be there that feeling of opening the Nintendo game system on that Christmas that everybody got it. Um, you know, that feeling of, of now being a younger brother, um, I actually should put Luigi up there because, you know, <laughs> because I was a younger brother. Um, so let me ask you when, so in 85 NES came out and really like it didn't really hit the market and people started getting to that Christmas. So 86 is when it like you started like, holy, wow, what is this yep. thing? 
Did you have it when it came out, or did, were you like later on in the neighborhood one of those kids that, that got no, it? So, so I'll tell you what I was. Yeah, in my neighborhood, it um, we all got it at the same time. So it was that Christmas uh, that we all got it, and then the following Christmas was Super Mario Brothers 2. Um, right? I mean, when 2 came out, it was just... Uh, uh, earth shaking so yeah it uh, uh we all got it christmas of 85 and i'm sorry christmas of 86 and then christmas of 87 we all got um uh two so yeah the the, the group of kids in my neighborhood we it was all all together so we are a family friendly show so we got people listening I, I i would imagine our age maybe a little older to maybe kids in the car so to you kids in the car this is something you'll probably never experience the way we did as you know, your parents, as us, um, people our age. The reason I asked that question is I didn't get the Nintendo system until probably like two years that it was out. Okay. How you would do this is as a kid, you would actually do something like ride a bike to your <laughs> friend's house who had a Nintendo system set up in a little TV that was set up on like a milk crate in their bedroom. And you would all pile around this, four of you, five of you, didn't matter. And you would take turns playing the game. You had one controller, maybe two, so you can play games like Super Mario Brothers, where you both be a character. But it wasn't like everybody had this thing, because nobody had video games at this point. Because this is after Atari crashed the entire market in the U.S. So no one wanted to get into this business of video games in the United States. So Nintendo took a big gamble and rolled it out, not as a gaming system but as an entertainment system hence nes nintendo entertainment system never did they advertise as a video game so we had to go and not everybody in the neighborhood had nintendo but everyone could play it because you would go to your friend's house and man was it mind-blowing to see super mario brothers for the first time for me like going from Jumpman to super mario brothers who became Jumpman to me yeah uh mind-blowing like the the jump in gameplay the jump in graphics the jump in story amazing jump man super mario get it <laughs> indeed indeed so <laughs> all right moving on I got a, number three i got a feeling our, our mount rushmore is going to be nintendo heavy yeah yeah so because my next one is samus from metro okay yeah i mean that's a big one she she is one of my favorite heroes. I love the story. And again, another one that goes back all the way to the original Nintendo system. And again, today, you know that Samus is a woman and she's one of the best video game heroes out there. Like tons of games, tons of stories, tons of just a lot of like merchandise went out about her. But when we were playing Metroid for the very first time when it was released... You had no idea Samus was a female. They never told you. No, they didn't. It's true. It's true. Until you completed the game. And if you completed it in a certain amount of time, right, I, I it would it would reveal that she was the Samus was a woman. And this is in eighty six or eighty seven, so as a boy growing up at that time, it was like you, it was mind blowing. So Samus is on there. Yeah, I. That's a great call. It's a great call. And and so, I am going to go back to you know all the feels. Um, so I 
remember getting, and now this is older, this is like middle school, um, so many hours. It was like my maybe 13th, 14th birthday. My grandmother in Florida sent me a Sega Genesis, and I'm not going with um, the standard Sega game. Um, I'm going to go with ABACABB is what I'm going to go with. I'm going to go with, um, and I don't know exactly how you would fit that up on the on the mountain. I imagine that it's going to be the dragon head from Mortal Kombat. And there's no, um, and that changed, you know, that's the, the you know, the, the, the dock that launched a, sh a thousand ships, right? Like it, it just did. And, um, you know, any fight game, any, anything, uh, the first blood, the first, um, you know, and then it came out with movies and, you know, in street fighter and there were other games earlier. Uh, but in that head to head arcade format that felt like you were standing at the dream machine and, uh, kicking somebody's face in, uh, that is, uh, so Mortal Kombat for me. Um, and again, I, I love it, that it, call Mortal Kombat as a, as one of those trendsetter games, stop motion. So they would take pictures of the actual, um, of actors playing the role of, um, the different characters of Mortal Kombat and, yeah, it was just it was very realistic in like the 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 movements. There were human movements, like you know what I mean. Like well, Street Fighter was very cartoonish. Mortal Kombat was like you were controlling a human being, who would then get a fatality against the other one, and maybe I don't know, rip their spine out, <laughs> pull their head off, freeze them, and break them into small little yeah. icicles. <laughs> Mortal Kombat, and it's still out today. It's one of those. And I think besides Jumpman, all those games are still releasing today. And some honorable mentions, by all means, the Zelda games. Again, another Nintendo title. Uh, Donkey Kong should be up there. Pac-Man. Um, and you can go on and on. Like to the newer games right now, Fallout. Um, you know, Skyrim yeah. is just amazing. Halo. And I just started playing Horizon Zero Dawn. It's just amazingly beautiful game. Uh, the Last of Us. So, I mean... Again, this is just the four of, like the four that we picked together, but there's so many great games coming out, and to me, it's as exciting as what like Marvel's putting out. Some of these f games are as detailed and backstory driven as some of the best blockbusters out there that that are being put out in Hollywood and by you know the you know, different studios out there like Marvel. We're going to close the show with a brand new segment. It's a segment that we're going to be doing each week. Uh, it's called the Fight Randomizer, uh, and uh, how it works is we have entered every name that we could think of in pop culture, from Walter White and Jesse Pinkman to uh, Tyrion Lannister to uh, every Marvel comic, uh, every Star Wars, any pop culture person um, has been loaded in, and each of us are going to spin the wheel each week. Uh, I will come up with somebody K-Rock will come up with somebody and we will discuss the uh, who would win in a fight. And uh, <laughs> we thought this would be an interesting and uh, a fun way to, uh, you know, t talk about the, the characters that we love. So uh, without further ado, I am going to spin my wheel first. And here we go. And here we are. It's landing on... War Machine. Wow. So, coming right out from the MCU first, 
War Machine comes up on my end. Are you ready to spin your wheel, K-Rock? Yeah, let's do this. Let's go. All right, spin the whammy, the whammy, the whammy, the whammy, the whammy. Oh. Jason Voorhees. Friday the 13th. (laughs) So, oh, oh, wow. Um... So, uh, I I think, um, I mean, does Jason ever really die? I, no. I don't. War Machine's already like, broken so in is... half once. Yeah. Um, I mean, if War Machine's got a Jericho in there, um, he blows the, you know, he blows the water out of the lake. And, um, <laughs> and, and I think that, uh, you know, he puts a Widowmaker um and, and and I think that he, I think ultimately we have to call this a draw because I I think that oh, he man, blows Jason know. up and flies away, but then Jason lives anyway. So Jason uh, will always live, right? He'll so, outlive. So, yeah, so, <laughs> so maybe he maybe he wins because <laughs> he outlives uh, War Machine. Um, He's the cockroach of horror movies. Yeah, you just can't kill him. He can. And War Machine's very fragile once he's without his machine. Like, he just needs one second without. Yeah. And uh, machete to the face. Done. Yeah, but in a fight, I mean, how does he get him out of the suit? I mean, geez, like, uh, I mean, it, 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 you got to assume that he stays in the suit. Um, I mean, yeah, of course, it's... it's uh, Rhodes has no chance against Jason. He's just... He becomes a guy hiding behind the garage. Like, he, you know... Um, so I don't <laughs> think that works. He's there. He um, jumps out, man. He, it's a thing. Like, all right. So you can't I, survive against Jason, right? Uh, I, I can't. There's nobody. Freddy could. Freddy couldn't beat him. Yeah, I guess. <laughs> I, I have a very hard time. I, I, I'm gonna call it a draw. I'm calling it a draw. I'm gonna say that that uh, that war machine blows him up and. Uh, um, and and takes off, but Jason, uh, you know, is pissed and chasing after him. But I'm calling it a draw. Are you calling it victorious for 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 Jason Voorhees? Oh man, I don't know. I yeah, I'm I'm going I'm going with Jason. I'm going with well, Jason. Jason's like outlived it. so much crap. He he's come back from the dead a few times. Yes, yes. <laughs> he's been uh, drowned, electrocuted, burned, blown up. There's nothing War Machine can do to him that he hasn't done already. All right, so that's going to wrap it up. That's that's the show this week. That is Season 1, Episode 3, In the Box. Uh, we will be back uh, next week. Actually, we will be back uh, right after this podcast for you listening. The, the, the next podcast is available. Just continue listening through on whatever the device is, and you can keep on keeping on. Uh, we are going to hit another uh, we can geek newsroom. We're gonna hit another randomizer. Uh, we're gonna dig deep. We're gonna figure stuff out. This is Nerd Pod with Coaching K Rock. Thank you for listening, and we'll see you right. on the other side. Hey guys, and don't forget to go visit some of our uh, our our social media sites: Twitter at K Rock Two or at Nerd Pod Coach. Instagram at Podesy. That's P O Double D E S Y. And at Facebook, follow us at Nerd Pod. And also, go check out the m6p.com, the m6p, Marvel Politics. Uh, check them out on their podcast, their Twitter, at m6p. I got my second shipment in, Coach. Um, 
Guardians of the Galaxy, The Cosmic Avengers, Spider-Man Chapter 1, The Invincible Iron Man, The Enemy Within, and The Essential X-Men Volume 2. So much to read. So little time uh, till the next shipment gets here. So the MX, uh, M6P, go check them out. Get that as a gift. It's phenomenal. All right, man. It is. All right. All right, boys. Let's close it down. All right, boys. Let's close it down. Look at me, man. Can't you see that I'm dying? Look at you, man, doing all your work.